Hello and welcome to the Best Boys Podcast. I'm Best Boy Dan. And I'm Best Boy Justin. And it's our Mother's Day episode. Justin, do you love your mom? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Do you love your mom and her two-hit multi-target attacks? I don't necessarily know if I like where this is going. That is our episode today, buds. Uh, we did a uh, Anime Was a Mistake episode for Mother's Day uh, for the illustrious classic, Do You Love Your Mom and Her Two-Hit Multi-Target Attacks? Yes, because we are agents of chaos. Uh, spoiler alert, it's rough. It's real um, bad. Um, it's real bad. But uh, if you enjoy us suffering through that, stick around. But first, we're going to get into a little bit of banter, a little bit of news, all the usual, followed by some meat and potatoes. Yes, sir. So let's dive right on into it. Yeah. So uh, up front, uh, I want to jump on the bandwagon and talk about Netflix and how they lost subscribers, (laughs) as every media outlet did for that one day before some other crazy news happened in the world and everyone completely forgot about it. But... Are we a media outlet? (laughs) We might as well be. I think that sounds pretty cool. Um, We're a media something. Yeah. Inlet? Mm. Mini-lit? Mm. Uh, we're just lit media. Yeah, there we go. Um, LLC. Uh, but yeah, so what I want to talk about specifically with this is, uh, I saw another article that discussed how, uh, they were cutting back a lot of their productions in India. Um, Netflix recently has making a large push into creating a lot of content in other countries and kind of just diversifying where they're getting content from. Like the name of Netflix's game is just output as much content as possible. Uh, and now with the subscriber loss, they're, they're kind of like not, um, they're not in the same position that they were. And so they're making a lot of cutbacks and I'm interested to, see how this is going to affect their anime division which has been making a really big push into it so uh, i was curious if you had any thoughts best boy justin yeah you know i've been thinking about this a lot because like a lot of this has to do with like the whole line go up culture everything must grow it's like yeah netflix lost some subscribers and if it didn't have it didn't post any growth in this most recent quarter but like they're not losing money they're still making an obscene amount of money. Oh, and like yeah. the idea that they're like, oh, well, we didn't grow this quarter. Suddenly we have to cut back on everything. It's just, I feel like is a really sad reflection on like the way, the way corporations work these days. It's like, it doesn't matter if the product is good and it doesn't matter if the customer is happy. It matters if the numbers are good, yeah. you know? And I, I think that's a huge bummer. I worked at the, the fruit store uh when the fruit store <laughs> is that like the scottish play yeah exactly okay um when they had like the one quarter that was a really meet. nerdy joke by the way like <laughs> only like three people are gonna get i mean that. listen i have a i have a theater degree so <laughs> you're in the right company um but yeah like uh, I, you know i worked at uh at that company when they had like the one revenue where they like didn't meet expectations and it was like you know a fire it was like all hands on deck it was like we gotta make money and and it'll be interesting to see if netflix doubles down or cuts back on it Mm -hmm. because 
you know, they are making a big push into it. And it seems like there's a lot of people getting into this game. Like, Disney's getting into it. Um, it also concerns me because if we start relying with, uh, with our funding on these big companies, we're kind of at the whim with how they want to spend their money. Yeah, absolutely. So, it, I mean... You know, we're, we're going to talk a little bit about it later in the news. There's, like, other companies that are doing some interesting things, and it gets down to, like, the commercialization of art. Yeah, I guess it's just so foreign to me, because, like, for most of my life, I've worked for either the government or <laughs> nonprofits or, like, family-owned businesses. So, like, I've never worked for, like, a huge corporation before. So, like, I guess I just maybe don't have the I, the, the headspace for it. And I guess it's also partly because I'm, like, some sort of weird, scary anarchist that's the other part of it. But, like, I don't know. I just don't get the whole, like, line must go up. <laughs> the lolly-loving anarchist. Yes, that's me. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I, it, this is a bummer for me. I just wish they would just do the damn thing, you know? Yeah. Um, more money than God. Make good stuff. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, don't keep things in Netflix jail. Yeah, absolutely. Which they're doing a better job. Speaking of things being in jail. Oh. oh look at that transition. It's almost like I, I do I'm this a little for a afraid living. of of what that could mean. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wanted to talk a little bit about some updates on some spring anime. Ooh. Um, because I have watched some stuff that has come out uh, that we were waiting on. I haven't watched okay. a couple other things. But, um, so I watched uh, a couple of Cuckoos. Oh. I watched the first episode of it. Um, it seems interesting. It was funny. Re- remind the audience and not so, me because I totally no, you remember totally, everything. Of course, you know exactly it. what, what was we're this talking synopsis? about. No, so a couple of cuckoos is about um, the main character who was switched at birth, right? Oh, I remember this one. Yeah, so he was switched at birth, and he finds out like I think it's like on his fifteenth or sixteenth birthday. Um, you know, they find out about his birth parents, and his birth parents want to meet. And they basically come up with this situation because both families, they love the children that they've raised. Mm. But they also want to be in the lives of the children that were switched at birth. So the solution they come up with is to have them marry each other. Yeah, arranged marriage. Yeah. Um, And so, like, yeah, this is basically the guy, he runs into the girl before he finds out about this. And they, like, they have this little interaction and it's silly. And then they later find out, oh, my God, you're the one I was supposed to marry. Blah, blah, blah. Um... And, you know, like, I thought, as for as for what it is, which it's it's going to be a harem show. I can tell already. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> Did not see that part. It, it's going to be a harem <laughs> show. You have your basic stock harem characters. So, like, you've got the Sundere, who is... So it's male-centric harem. Of course, yes. Okay. Um, so you've got the Sundere, and then you've got the girl who likes him, but, like, you know, she wants to keep him at arm's distance, and then you have the forbidden romance girl who who likes him but knows that she shouldn't. And, like, I don't know. I think maybe it could be an interesting enough take on the genre that it might hold my attention. Um, The problem with that one is there's, like, obviously, like, who's going to compete with the the one switch different? Right. Well, I mean, that's kind of how Harem is in general and why it doesn't always hold my interest, because, like, Yes, there are competing love interests, but there's almost always, like, we know the one. And that's where quintessential quintuplets will give you. I think that one is hard to tell. I don't okay. know who it's going to be. All right. But I feel like, for in general, for the harem genre, sure. um, that's kind of the trope. And that's definitely how it is in this one. Like, we know who he's going to end up with. Yeah, like, rent a girlfriend, like, 
no one's gonna beat Chimara. Yeah, and no, as, as much as some people might think otherwise. But like, um, yeah. So a couple of cuckoos. I'm gonna give it another couple episodes. Like I said, it's an interesting enough take on the genre that I'm willing to give it a shot, even though I'm not terribly into harm shows. Um, but yeah, I liked it. Uh, another one that we did actually talk about, but I've watched a lot more of since, has been Love After World Domination. And wow, I really love this show. Um, this show is so good. It kind of, it does a really great job of combining a common themes from workplace romances. Because, like, yes, they are, like, superhero and supervillains, but, like, at, this, at the end of the day, like, these are, like, kind of their jobs, almost in the same way as, like, the Miss Kuroitsu from the Monster Development Department. Um, but it combines that with a kind of school romance story because they are still, like, high school students, technically. Oh, um, I didn't know that part. Yeah, they're high school students. The main the main two are. Um, and it does Do they go to the same school? No, they don't. They go okay. to different schools. Um, but it does a really good job of combining those. Um, and for those of you who don't remember, Love After World Domination, the basic plot is the main character is, like, the leader of a Sentai superhero team, kind of like Power Rangers. It's the Gelato Five. <laughs> Which is um, great. And he's Red Gelato, because Red is always in charge, as we know. Um, and he has fallen in love and begun to date one of the commanders from the, the evil organization called Gecko. Um, and, like, basically they're, like, dating in secret. Um, because obviously they're not supposed to be dating each other, uh, and it, all of the you know all of the hijinks you can think of happen from there. Um, but the show is just really good. It's really cute. The main the uh, female main character, um, she is absolutely adorable. She's super cute. Um, I love the the you got this kind of gap moe between like her role as a commander and like all of the people are afraid of her at the evil organization because they think she's like really mean. But in reality, she's just really bad at social situations. So, like, they're like, oh, my God, she's she looks so angry. She could probably bite someone's head off. And in reality, she's just she's just really insecure because she hasn't seen her boyfriend in a couple weeks. That's so hot right now. Right? <laughs> like, Gap Moe is a thing for a reason. Um, and, I, you know, I think this show does it really well. And, like, you have the main character who's basically got, like, really solid golden retriever energy. So, like, he's got, like, your kind of... Um, the same energy as, like, Senpai from My Senpai is Annoying, or, you know, any kind of muscle-bound, kind-hearted weirdo that you can think of, um, and he's great. Uh, so yeah, definitely give this show a shot if you haven't already. Um, and the last one that I wanted to talk about is one that I haven't seen yet, and I haven't seen it because of the reason we did that transition. It would have made a lot more sense if I read it first, but mm. it's at the bottom of my dock because I didn't know how this was going to turn out, so that's why we kind of have this... Where I'm, <laughs> I'm going back to explain it when I really don't have to because no one really remembers that anymore. But like I'm over engineering. Wow, it right you now. are committing this, to this. I'm <laughs> this bit. Um, no, it's summertime rendering, uh, and I have read a ton about this. Pretty much every anime news outlet that I follow has been raving about this because a lot of them have gone and watched the Japanese release. Um, and they're saying it's got a really cerebral, mind-bending story. It's incredibly interesting. It's doing things with the genre that haven't been done before. Um, I don't fully remember the story myself because obviously I haven't watched it. Um, but I'm really kind of upset that I haven't had a chance to see it yet. And the reason why I haven't had a chance to see it yet is because it is still stuck in Disney jail. And we don't know when it's going to come out. They yeah. have still, as of the recording of this episode, not released a date for a worldwide release. It is currently airing on TV in Japan, and Disney Plus does have the international distribution rights, 
but they have not made any announcement of when it's going to air. And, and that's a huge bummer because it sounds really good. And so I charge all of you best buds out there, bring me the mouse. Well, like, so here's the thing. I want to watch it on Disney Plus mm-hmm. because I want to give them the numbers to that's, show, yeah. like, hey, I'm interested in anime. Which also gets into what we were talking about earlier of, like, do we actually want them to? I, right. You know... I'm for more anime, and if that's how it gets made now, if that's how it's getting funded, if people can get funded appropriately, right? Great, yeah, absolutely. If it turns out that's not the case, which Netflix maybe is having some issues with that, right? Yeah, then yeah. maybe it's not the case. But you know, we shall see. Disney's not always I mean, the best. Out I will there. say this because I looked, and because it it does come up later in one of my news stories. There actually are not really any fan subs or pirate Interesting. available. This and the reason why is because the mouse. <laughs> well, that any fan subbing and pirating group will not touch this with a ten foot pole. Because sense. do you, like do you really want to fuck with Disney? Like, yeah, is that what you want to do? Yeah, that's that's how you lose point. everything. Yeah, yeah. So, um, it's <laughs> really, <laughs> it's really not out there at all. Yeah. So, like, I really, and not, that's not to say that, like, I wasn't gonna pirate it, but, like, I was just curious to see if it was available. Yeah. Uh, and it is not anywhere I can find it. But, um, I really hope that this one gets out of Disney jail soon because it sounds really interesting. Um... But moving on from there, I... Oh, real quick. I yeah, want to jump got... in with, like, a couple of the ones that I've been in. Oh, yeah. Too. Go ahead. Don't jump um, in. I want to say, like, A, I want to jump on the bandwagon and say that Spy Family is absolutely... Oh, yeah. I just... I figured I didn't it even is, have to mention that. It is elegance. Like, embodied. <laughs> elegance. Elegance. Um, it's oh, so good. Uh, if you are not watching it, like... Uh, Fix yourself. Yeah. That is, that is the thing to be watching this season. Uh, it's... It's a breakout hit. The other thing, so there's two shows that like I think I know the other one every week. About what do you think it is? Uh, Executioner and a Way of Life. I yeah. haven't caught up on that one. No, yet. What's I wrong really with you? want to. Okay, that is like the next one I plan on catching up on. Mm-hmm. But the the two that I have watched consistently every week because watching all of Spring broke me a little, so I needed a little break before I catch up again. Um. Is your boy Kong Ming? Oh, really? Okay. It is so good. I like. I just love. I love the feel of the show. Okay. Um. It it's a very specific world, and it it just kind of like weaves a lot of really different vibes and things and periods of time and aesthetics and sounds like all together um we got to see kong ming rap in the last episode which was pretty dope okay um as he's trying to recruit like a rap guy to like join the act um so it's it's really fun and i love the relationship that everyone's building it's funny it's just like it's one of those beautiful little art pieces that i think is gonna be one of the standout uh, shows at the end of this season. Okay, and I wasn't planning on bringing it up, but since you mentioned rapping, I will just throw out there that Aharon-san raps in one of the episodes that I've that seen so far. That also makes me want to catch up on And also one. they do a very funny Pokemon Go reference in the most recent episode. Okay, so my three shows that I want to catch up on mm-hmm. are uh, Executioner and A Way of Life. Yep. 
Aharon Son. Yep. And uh, Love is War. Oh, yeah. I'm also watching Gomi, but like there's only of one course. episode. Um, yeah, no, uh, I think those are all solid shows to catch up on. I'm caught up on all of them except Love is War. I think I'm one behind. Um, and they're all good. Um, so, yeah. That's, I think, our, our, our spring anime updates. I'm going to be back on our next episode. I promise I will get to the other one that we talked about that wasn't out yet that I don't remember the name of right now. But you probably remember it because you're such a better listener than I am a podcaster. <laughs> um, so whatever that one is, we'll talk about it next week. Um, but the last thing I wanted to talk about for, you know, just to, to, to shoot the shit about is, all right, uh, and editor Best Boy Dan, I'm going to need you to give me some reverb on this one. Some nice, like, some good reverb. Oh, God. Because I want to talk about... unleashed by mentioning his name. Yes. I want to talk about The Call of the Shonen. So I've been, like, really into shonen lately um, in a way that is unusual for me because for me, I'm generally, like, I watch the seasonal shonen and I'll uh, very rarely pick up a couple episodes of whatever happens to be interesting to me at the moment. But, like, I have been really into Black Clover over the past couple weeks. Like, I haven't had a whole lot of time to watch anime because I'm currently working on finals for my grad school class. Uh, I'm really busy with work. I had a wedding to go to this past weekend. But, like, the one thing that I've been consistently watching at least one or two episodes a day of has been Black Clover. Um, And I'm getting to a really good arc in it. And, like, I'm really hyped. And I think once I'm done with Black Clover, I might try to take down a big chunk of One Piece. Whoa. Yeah. I think if I'm not tired of Shonen by the time I finish what's available from Black Clover, Whoa. I might roll. I might finally do it. Like maybe try to take down the first like 50 episodes, you know, Go for while it, I man. have this train rolling. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Like Black Clover, it has been amazing. Like all of the character growth is really done really well. Like even when they do like side character stuff. So like, um, we just passed another tournament arc in the show. And they use this tournament arc to provide quick, like, quick little hits of character development for each, like, side character. So, like, you get to, basically, each tournament, like, bracket comes with its own set of, like, flashbacks. So, like, you can see, like, the the past of the character that we haven't seen yet. And then, like, see where they are now. And you get to connect the dots with the character growth that's been really good. Um, we get to see the Wizard King fight at full power, which has been super good. Um, so yeah, this show has been really great, and like, I know I kind of scoffed at it when we first talked about it, it's like, oh yeah, it gets good after the first 30 episodes, but like, yeah, it really actually does, <laughs> um, and I would say 30 is probably a little, a little, a little too conservative, I just say it started getting really good for me around episode 20, um, and I'm on episode 95 now, and it is like going full cylinder, um, so yeah, Uh, The Call of the Shonen is real. We'll see if it keeps on going, but if it does, we might see me take down some some One Piece in the near future. Yeah, roll right into Bleach when that airs. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But with that being said, and with our banter for this week being complete, I think it's about time for us to check in with Studio WEEB for some anime news! That's right, Best Buds, it's anime news time, and up first... Uh, I want to talk about um, art imitating life, imitating art, imitating life, imitating art, like just on and on. Okay. Um, Time is a flat circle. Tsubasa Yamaguchi's The Blue Period manga is inspiring its own art exhibit. 
Fittingly for a manga that is set in an art school, the exhibit will show off the talents of 34 real-life art students across Japan. The students have replicated the manga's first six volume covers with various art techniques, including charcoal, pencil sketches, and oil painting. The exhibit is uh, previewing the artwork in collage form. The physical venue will display all 34 original pieces. In addition, the exhibit also implements digital elements such as videos and a virtual exhibition. The Blue Period Exhibition, Art is a Gift, which is the title of it, mm -hmm. uh, will run in Tenozu, Tokyo from June 18th to September 27th. Visitors will be able to vicariously experience the story of uh, Yatura and his friends with approximately 50 physical art pieces, an immersive theater, and an analysis of famous artworks. I think this is really dope. Absolutely. It's, it's kind of like an interesting expansion of this anime and like, hey, if you liked this stuff, here's a way to learn more about it. Um, and it's a great way for like young artists to showcase their work. Absolutely. I think this is great. Um, I've always had a pretty deep appreciation for art. Um, and recently, you know, I've been thinking about art in a completely different way. Um, you know, for those of you who don't know out there, my, the field that I used to work in and I'm trying to get back into is the museum field. And previously I had only worked ever in history museums, but currently I'm broadening my horizons trying to maybe work in like an art museum. So I've been thinking a lot about art and like I've been thinking about it kind of through the lens of Blue Period because it's been my most recent um my most recent like experience with art. Um so it's been kind of an interesting ride to kind of think of it that way like kind of get these two worlds to blend together with anime and with fine art and like is there a difference between the two? Yeah, I guess. But, like, it's maybe not so different as we thought. And I think this is a good way for it to kind of uh, to kind of make its way into real life, almost. What is art? What is art? I don't know if what <laughs> is art is the question so much as what is fine art and where do we draw the line? Fine art. Exactly. What is, what the, is, where is fine what is, art? What is the pinkies out art? Ooh. Um but yeah, I'm super psyched for this. I think it's gonna be really cool. I don't obviously don't think we're gonna be able to go, but I'm sure we're gonna be able to see some pictures, and I think that'd be just just fine and dandy. Yeah, um, but if you're able to go, let us know. Absolutely. Uh, up next, I'm I'm just gonna kind of run through uh, these two together because they're weirdly similar and just happen to come out at the same time. Mm -hmm. uh, but they're making a Naruto Shippuden rice cooker. Hell yeah. Um, which is pretty fun. Uh, it's a 24 ounce uh, simple one touch operation BPA free. Uh, this is not a uh, ad for it but you know like you can sponsor us. I want a Naruto rice cooker. Hell yeah. But it's like 45 bucks with free shipping to the US so if you're if you need a 24 ounce rice cooker and you like stand Naruto like Go for it. I mean, honestly, $45 for a rice cooker, not a bad deal. Like, It seems pretty it would, simple. It would have to like, be really shitty for me to be like, it's not worth it. You know, it. like, read reviews and stuff. Like, do, do your diligence. But, like, hey, listen, if that's your jam, it's out there. Um, additionally, uh, Jordan's brand, uh, NBA... Jordan brand. Jordan brand, not Jordan's brand. <laughs> no. It's not like Attorney's General. <laughs> Attorney's General. Jordan's brand's NBA player, Zion Williamson, teased a Naruto Jordan collab. Um, it looks pretty dope. They showed it on Twitter. It's basically Naruto doing a dunk with a Rasengan, um, which I think 
is actually pretty cool. That rules. Um, I would wear those shoes, but they're going to sell out in like two seconds mm-hmm. and then go on the resale market for like five times the price. So that's life. Um, but the last story I have is actually one I'm really excited about. And I teased a little bit um, earlier. Toei Animation announced on Wednesday that it is establishing Toei Animation Sakuga Academy, which is a dope name. That is a pretty good name. <laughs> uh, an animator training program in April of 2023. It is a one-year, short-term, intensive, and practical animator training program in which experienced animators guide up-and-coming trainees. Following the training and an examination, successful students will uh, be hired as contract workers for Toei Animation. Recruitment is open contract workers that's good i guess i mean to be honest with you most most small time animators in the industry work on contract so it sucks but it's not unusual it we're getting more animators i think that's a good thing yeah anyway absolutely. so uh let's get some credentials we got oh, here we go Buzzbuds. yeah <laughs> this is a tough one even for me atsutoshi umezawa yeah Ooh. Nailed it. Nailed it. Uh, One Piece, uh, Dragon Ball Z, Resurrection F, uh, Sailor Moon Crystal, and Digimon Digimon Digimon. Digimon Tamers fame uh, is the program director. Lecturers are from Toei Animation and Studio Live, and they include Takeo Ide of Dragon Ball Z, One Piece, and Dragon Ball Super. We also get uh, Hiroshi uh, Kojina of Hunter x Hunter, and City Hunter. Uh, we get uh, Nishiki Itaoka. Itaoka? Itaoka. Uh, of Smile Procure. Mai Ishii of Ushio and Tora and Hunter Hunter. And Mayuko Nakano of WWW Waj- Wagnaria. <laughs> never heard and of that in my life. Never heard of that, but I'm curious now. Uh, and the vampire dies in no time. The program <laughs> consists of three months of video training, followed by a nine-month animation or digital video course. Depending on aspirations of each student, the program will accept about ten participants. Toei Animation will handle the tuition costs and will also offer uh, one hundred and fifty thousand dollar yen, about uh, one thousand hundred and seventy dollars per month to students. Uh, in previous years, Toei has trained animators in-house by hiring new graduates. So here's the thing for me about this one. Yeah. The fact that they're providing a stipend is huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Because so many times we get these like, hey, here's our professional development program so we can get people yeah, into the... Pro- but it's like you have, to, you have to do it for free and it's a freaking nine-month program. So it's like either... You dedicate your whole attention to it for nine months and make no income, mm-hmm. or you have to work full or part time in while also doing this very intense program. So the fact that they're offering, you know, a stipend, which to be fair, you know, a thousand and one thousand one hundred seventy dollars doesn't sound like a lot to us, but in Japan, the way the cost of living is, um, you know, you don't have to pay for for medical, like you don't have to pay for healthcare or anything like that. Or you do, but it's not a lot. Um, and basic services, it, it goes a long way. Yeah. You know, it goes it goes a pretty long way. And I think uh, you know, a, a, a typical student could probably get by with doing this and maybe a very uh, a small hour part time job. Yeah, you know, and I think that's really important. So yeah, I think it's great. Um, you know, investing in animation. Yeah, let's go. Awesome. 
Um, so it's time for my section of the news today, and I think we're going to go ahead and start off with some Gundam news. We have a problem. It's a Gundam. Bandai Namco Holdings toy and hobby subsidiary Bandai Spirits has announced plans to build a new Bandai Hobby Center factory, with the company planning to acquire 4,506 Subo, uh, which is 14,895 square meters of land. <laughs> um, <Okay. laughs> we're a math pod now. Uh, and a planned production launch uh, for 2024. The company says it is planning to prioritize workplace safety in the new factory, which is good. Um, Bandai Spirits began produce, uh, production in its hobby center Shinkan factory in 2020. The company established that new factory to meet rising demand in Gunpla models inside and outside Japan due to various collaborations marking the franchise's 40th anniversary, new anime, and the planned Hollywood live-action Gundam film. Um... When, Gun when Gunpla first launched in 1980, over a million units shipped within half a year. The original Bandai Hobby Center factory was completed in 2006, and it produced and shipped 6.6 .6 million units in its first year. Gradually, demand increased and the factory's machinery expanded. In 2018, the same factory produced 15.73 million kits. And by 2019, total shipments had exceeded 500 million. Um, wow. And I have seen videos from the day-to-day -day inside of this factory, which is, first of all, fucking wild. So everyone in this factory wears, like, Federation uniforms that's from rad. Gundam. That's and rad. they have rank patches that denote, like, like okay, if this is, if you have, like, this, it means you're, like, a department leader. And if you I have this, it there. means, like, you're a section head. That sounds and rad. And when I saw that, I was like... I was like, I have the wrong career. What am I doing? Yeah. Like, oh, it's so cool. Like, even the people who work on the line wear these, like, Gundam, like, Gundam uniform jumpsuits. It's really cool. Everyone who works there seems to be, like, it's the kind of place that you have to be passionate about it to work there. Like, you can't, you can't work at the Gunpla factory and not be passionate about Gunpla, you know? I mean, um, I guess. <laughs> it, it just seems like, it seems like the coolest place in the whole world to work. If I was going to work in any factory, this would be it. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, yeah, this sounds really cool. I mean, it definitely shows that Gunpla is expanding. It's becoming more popular. And we know that it is. We've seen, you know, even in the West, um, when we go, we went to Kinokuniya uh, like two or three weeks ago. And people were there. People were buying Gunpla kits. And yeah. they were like, there were people we met who were buying them for the first time. Oh, yeah. uh, and I think that's really, really cool. And, like, we tried we to... people come up to us and, like, ask, like, oh, what do I need to, like, build this kit? Exactly. And I think that's really cool. I think, um, you know, the fact that people are getting into it, they're, they're, they're building kits, they're watching the shows. I think this is great. I don't, you know, obviously I think it's great for Gundam, which is important to me. But I think it's also great for anime in general because as people get into... People who get into hobbies that are adjacent to anime, that is that is a, a person who is into anime for a certain to a certain extent for a permanent on a permanent basis. Like people who build model kits, even if it's not that particular anime, are consuming other anime. You know, there's there's nobody who just watches Gundam who also builds Gundam kits. If you build Gundam kits, you're a fucking nerd and you watch other shit. Don't lie to me. Um, and I think that's great. Um, but yeah, do you have anything else on this one or should we move on? Uh, I'm super excited about it. More, more Gundams. Absolutely. More Gunpla. More, Gunpla, more Gundams, it. more all the things. 
Um, next up, the television anime of Yuki Kanemaru's More Than a Married Couple But Not Lovers manga has unveiled its main staff and teaser visual. The manga centers on third-year high school student Jiro Yakuin, who gets saddled with his Gyaru classmate Akari Watanabe for the class's marriage training project about practicing to be a married couple. Jiro is the complete opposite of Akari, but the two know that if they do well, they will be able to switch partners and end up with their respective crushes, and so they force themselves to act like the perfect married couple. Um, I've read the manga for this, and to be honest, like I'm pretty surprised it's getting an anime. Um, yeah. <laughs> some people might be interested in it, but personally, I'm not holding out hope. Um, I think, uh, you know, there is definitely a subset of weeb culture that this is, that is into this kind of thing. Um, but it's, it's not really me. Like I'm reading the manga cause it does have some cute elements to it, but like at the end of the day, and if I'm being entirely honest, I think it's getting an anime mainly because it has a Gyaru. And Yaru's are super in right oh, now. So hot right now. Hansel. So hot right now. Hansel. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's something to keep an eye out going forward. Like I said, it's not that this is not me saying this is a manga that I'm reading and it's going to take the anime world by storm. Which, to be fair, when I say that is usually true. But, um, you know, this is just me saying, hey, I've seen this and... It's going to be a thing. It's going to be a thing that's coming out. Um... Next up and last for my news section, we have I think I think this is enough to to get a crime news soundbite. So, is Yoamushi Petal the most dangerous anime? Answer number five may surprise you. <laughs> it might be if you're concerned about malware. Uh, because Surfshark VPN has released the results of a study that it conducted regarding malware and anime. Surfshark conducted its research by creating seed lists of the most popular anime search terms and inputting the terms into Google with additional qualifiers like download, stream, and torrent. It then ran the URLs from the first five pages of results through Security Site Check, which is a malware detection service. And according to the company, anime websites are a major target for cyber criminals looking to lure victims with malware links um, because many viewers are trying to download or stream these series through unofficial sources. Um, Surfshark VPN found. Never. I know, right? Crazy. Uh, they found that the most dangerous anime to search for is TMS Entertainment's Yoabushi <laughs> Pedal, which is a show about bike racing that ran for 38 episodes between October 2013 and July 2014. 49.7% of the URLs contained potential malware. Oh my god. That's a lot, dude. Um, wow. Toei Animation's Dragon Ball Z Kai ranked as the second most dangerous at 46.6. That I would believe. Yeah, it's super crazy. The remaining entries in their top 10 dangerous anime were Albnoa Zero, which is what I actually kind of want to watch. Weird. Um, Rurouni Kenshin, Blast Tempest, Future Diary, Black Lagoon, <laughs> Ace of Diamond, Magi, The Labyrinth of Magic, okay. and Akame Ga Kill. Um, and I think the, I think I may have downloaded one of those. I mean, right? I'm not admitting that I. Of course not. That. You would never I, break the law. I. In a way that I, someone bleeped that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just I for for me the thing that like I would have completely passed over this news story if it weren't for the fact that Yoamushi Pedal 
is the one that has the most malware. And like for I guess I get why because like I guess maybe it's hard to find, but like also all of It is, I think. Al- Wait, no. Almost all of these shows are available on Crunchyroll right now. Like yeah. um you know what a show is difficult to find? What's is, that? Uh, um, our favorite show, Hajime no Ippo. Hajime, yeah, I'm surprised that's not on the list. But like, Yomuchi Pedal is definitely on Crunchyroll. Um, Dragon Ball Z Kai might be. I don't remember. Uh, Alnoa Zero, I'm not sure. Uh, Dragon Ball Z Kai was on Funimation. There you go. Rurouni Kenshin is for sure and on Hulu. Yeah, Rurouni Kenshin is for sure on Crunchyroll. Uh, Blast Tempest, I don't know. Future Diary, I don't know. Black Lagoon is Ace of Diamond is Magi, Future I don't know. Future Diary is on Funimation. Okay, and A Comic Kill is on yeah. Crunchyroll. So like most of these are on Crunchyroll, um, and I get like you know maybe not everybody wants to shell out whatever it costs for Crunchyroll, yeah, but, but like it's better than malware. It's better than malware, and also like as far as I know, for up until very it's recently, better than malware. <laughs> oh my god, that's the worst. we're never gonna get sponsored by Crunchyroll. <laughs> Um, but no, like, for what it's worth, like, you know, if Crunchyroll, up until recently, had a f- ad-supported feature, I think it still does for older shows. It's going away. It No, for older shows, I think it's sticking around. I think it's just for seasonal stuff. So, like, guys, don't... <laughs> this isn't LimeWire in the early 2000s. Like, just go, like, go watch the show without, like, filling your computer with, like, malware. Come on. Yeah. Um, but yeah... That's it for this uh, this story, and that's it for this edition of Anime News. Um, but let us know, what do you think is the most dangerous anime out there? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, what are you excited for? What did we miss? Uh, what are you looking forward to in spring anime? Hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at bestboys underscore pod, or send us an email out to bestboyspod at gmail.com, because we would love to hear from you. Um And with that being said, I think it's a really great time for us to roll on into the meat and potatoes for this week's episode. Meat and potatoes. More like mom and potatoes. That's all I got. So if you want to use it, use it. If you don't, then fuck you. Great, I'm using it. Uh, best buds this was this was a lot um we <laughs> we watched do you love your mom and her two hit multi-target attacks and i think the original like thesis behind this was like oh we're gonna do a mother's day episode wouldn't it be funny if we did this like silly thing that we've heard of and never actually watched yeah and so we committed to watching it and the first episode was bad and it just was bad on so many levels throughout. That... But the first episode was bad in a way that didn't quite prepare us for how bad the rest of it was going to be. Yeah, and it's like all the way, it's bad in all the ways you think it is. So, what I will say is this is our warning that this is uh, rated R. Yeah, this, this is, is an episode of Anime Was a Mistake for a Reason. Yes, this is, we are going to be talking about um, etchy themes. We are going to be talking about, uh, I guess, incest and, um, you know, underage themes. It's, there's a lot of, of, of bad things in this show and it got made. And that's kind of the thing that most 
surprises me about it. So I think our goal for this episode to provide some sense of sanity to the madness that we've experienced uh, is to try and figure out how this show got made. So like just to give you a little bit of background. Yeah. I think also the goal is to figure out who this show is for. Yeah. And I need to know that so I can know who to avoid. Because if this show is for you, you are not for me. Yeah, like the audience for it doesn't make sense. Sorry, that's the real thesis of it. But but check out this background. So uh, it is based on a Japanese light novel series, which makes a lot of sense, uh, written by uh, Daichima Inaka uh, and illustrated by Pochi uh, Iada. Ida. Ida. Uh, and was published by Fujimi Shobo under Fujimi Fantasia Bunko imprint from January uh, 2017 to April 2020 uh, for a total of 11 volumes. That's a lot. Right? So, first off, this story went for 11 volumes. Second... 11 light novel volumes. Yeah. Um, A manga adaptation by uh, Meika? Meicha. Uh, was serialized uh, in Katakawa's Shoten Digital Manga magazine, Young Ace Up, uh, which is like kind of like a Shonen Jump yeah. sort of competitor, uh, from September 2017 to January 2021, uh, which is also a four-year run for the manga. Uh, an RPG browser-based game was released in April of 2017, and finally an anime adaptation was made by AJC staff, which aired in uh, July to September of 2019, with an original uh, video animation episode released in March of 2020. So this this has had a ton of adaptations. So there's there's an audience for this. There yeah. are people who are watching this. And I can't imagine are they are watching it for the same reasons that we are, which is content. Who are you? <laughs> like, it, it's wild to me. So Reveal yourself to me. <sighs> brave of heart best buds, come on this journey with us. So yeah, we, we are about to take a really deep dive into the dumpster fire train wreck that is do you love your mom and her multi-target to hit it or her multi-target to hit attacks now i say that to let you know that we are heading into spoiler territory at this point <laughs> and if you are planning to watch this anime you should stop listening also, here no, but also planning, you should not be planning to watch if this you anime. are planning to watch this anime please stop see a therapist yeah um Yes, we are about to spoil the entire story, and like, trust us, we're doing it so that you don't have to. Um, but that being said, if you don't want any spoilers, this is your cue to tune out. I love you, we'll miss you, and Godspeed. Um, so, Best Boy Dan, do you want to take us on a little ride through the first episode of this show? Sure. It opens with Masato, or Makun, to his mother, filling out a totally normal survey about his relationship with his mother, which I used to do all the time in school. Really? Well, oh yeah, all the time. Um, While she lovingly prepares his meal. Masato is a little shit. This is immediately clear from how he treats his mother. His behavior leads Mamako to pout. She has a good pout. Solid pout. Yeah, it's one of the few good things about this show. Yeah. Uh, and then we're dropped into the OP, which is fine. It's, it's, it OPs. Um, 
Then we cut to Shirase, uh, who is interviewing Masato and Mamako. Oddly, the questions are all related to the survey that Masato filled out before uh, the break. Yep. Um, Justin, you had some, some insight about Yeah, so signing on this one, her name literally means to inform. So Shirase means to inform, or I inform you, uh, in Japanese. And she spends a majority of her time in this show, well informing yeah, the main character kind of, of like, stuff people where to go she's like an in-character narrator for this show uh, and she is named appropriately and that joke continues throughout the show yeah so now when i say interview i actually mean that shirase isekais them she basically puts a magical url into the computer and just like bam hits the enter key masato flies through a digital tunnel uh and protruding from his computer monitor and is like bye mom i'm going to a fantasy world i'll see you later um he's he's thrilled he gets to be isekai without the aid of truck kun um his excitement turns to despair though when he finds that his mother has also come along to adventure with him uh, first up, they uh, go to the Teleportation King, uh, who registers them and proceeds to info-dump on the duo. Uh, they were chosen to participate in the game due to the questionnaire that Masato was filling out in the first scene. Again, for reasons. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they learn that they are part of a closed beta, and uh, they are made aware that there are like other players that are, are competing in it, too. Um, finally, they learn that this is no regular MMORPG. This is an MMMMMORPG. That's a lot of M's. More on this later. Good. Being a modern teen, Masato grasps the situation quickly. This is where we learn uh, about Mamako's serious aloofness, as she has no idea what's going on. She asks what the player's account was. They ask what she thinks it was, and she's like... One, two, three, counting? <laughs> um, which is a lot. Um, I don't know how she functions in society. Me neither, because like, they never really explain like whether or not he has a dad or like what if his mom does income, for a living. She, like, she moms. Yeah, she her, moms. she's a professional Like, mom. Also, what happened to... Like, how much time is elapsing during this game is, like, another thing that they don't touch. Yeah, like, the timeline is kind of mysterious. What happens to their bodies? Are they just, like, are their mu muscles atrophying? Well, like, it's in, like a full dive. In this he, like, episode, like... into the portal? Yeah, well, in this episode, <laughs> they, they literally physically enter this portal. So, like, I don't know, I gotta imagine, like, their whole this, being is okay. in the, the game. The, like, <laughs> we'll get into it, but this show is, like... Full of plot holes. Uh, yeah, it's full of plot holes and just full of, like the most convenient, easy answer for any situation that comes up. So you, you can't analyze too deeply into it. No. Anywho. So as they're wrapping up, uh, Masato asks why his mom is there, only to be met with a, you'll find out in good time. Um, then they're off to legendary item picketing. Um, they're brought into a room with three legendary swords. Masuto grabs the center, most pointiest one, uh, and it gives him dominion over the skies, which, like, basically all he's good at is, like, flinging attacks at, like, flying creatures. Yep. Um, meanwhile, Mamako has no idea what's going on, and she's like, oh, what if I just grab both swords? And he easily pulls both of them out. Um, Shirase and Masato are like, what? And I was like, what? Um... But yeah, so uh, we learn very quickly that dual wielding is just like super OP in this world because she just okos everything in the training arena. Uh, and this kind of like 
makes Masato feel even more depressed because he's like, great, I'm adventuring with my mom and she's super OP and I kind of suck. Um, so he's like a dick about it. Um, and it makes uh, Mamako sad. Finally, she he like gets like really upset and he's like, I know that like you're keeping something from me and and he's like, if you don't tell me, I'll like disown you and and she like starts crying and she's like, look, I, they told me it was important to keep a secret and then he realizes he's being an ass, but like, fuck this guy, he sucks. Yeah, totally um, sucks. But yeah, so he apologizes. They progress onward, uh, and then uh, Mamako makes a very literally explosive entrance into the Adventurers Guild. Uh, where they meet Shirase, uh, which is totally the same person as Shirase, but we're supposed to believe it is not for reasons. For reasons. Um, they proceed to begin... There's just, like, a lot of things that are just in this show, and I have no idea why. Um, they proceed to begin recruiting for their party. Uh, Mamako wants to find a good marriage partner for her son, and thus she will be conducting the interviews. That's where we start this journey. That's that was episode one. So episode two, which <laughs> we're gonna go the, through all of them. Best for parts. the record, is called "It's Just a Coincidence They're All Girls." Got that? Wipe that smirk off your face. That's the whole episode title. Um, it starts with Mamako shooting down all of Masato's choices for their party, um, and eventually settling on Porta, uh, a merchant and craftswoman. Uh, who is the best character, period, which is not hard because she's one of only two characters in this show who don't suck. No, she's, like, awesome. She's um, basically, like, the backpack for the group. So she, like, carries around all the utilities. Yeah, she's a merchant, basically. Like, um, so she's super useful. She's basically got, like, a bag of holding. And she's also she just... She can do crafting. She can do crafting. And she's just super cute. Um, adorable yeah, and super... sadly associated with these misfits yeah um, next they interview a sage with healing and combat magic named Wise uh, Masato and her immediately do not get along which results in her teleporting them for reasons um, and it is at this point we learn the true nature of this MMMMMORPG the acronym actually stands for Mother's Massively Maternal Multiplayer Makeup with Offspring Role-Playing <laughs> Game. So, you can go ahead and chew on that one for a minute, because it's someone a lot. Someone came up with that and is putting their kids through college. Yeah, someone did that. Um, but, in order to complete the game and log out, both mother and child must improve their relationship, something which obviously can be quantified, of course. You can you can put numbers to that, right? Yeah. Um... But we learn that Wise does not get along with her mom. Uh, I wondered why she'd be there. Uh, flying. <laughs> like, why else would she be in this world? Exactly. Uh, having fled from her own mother, her plan was to adopt Mamako as her mother. Uh, her new mother. Mamako agrees to help Wise with her mother, and the newly found party is off. First, though, they are off to level up at the local dungeon. What could go wrong? Humanity. That's what went wrong. Yes, this this is an example of why we should not exist. Yes. Um, lost in the dungeon, our heroes are unable to make their way through the dark passages. That is until Mamako unlocks her first mom skill, where she glows bright whenever Ma uh, Masato makes her happy. Uh, eventually, our team runs into some simple dungeon slimes. And it is this point that our story goes from bad to just plain wrong. So I, I want to interject with a side note here. 
Now, up until this point, it has been clear that uh, Masato and Mamako face a lot of issues that relate to Mamako's motherly qualities. Um, she's hot. She's a MILF. Yeah. Uh, I, I I could see it difficult as a teenager with a hot mom, especially when she doesn't comprehend like how wearing revealing clothing or maid outfits might embarrass him. Now, I'm not one for slut-shaming, and I think that women should be feel free to wear whatever they would like, but I think there are reasonable limits as a parent, and this never seems to cross Mamako's mind. Yeah, I mean, hot mom or not, like, if your mom was wearing a maid outfit in front of your friends, it would probably fuck you up a little bit. You'd probably need some therapy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> here's where shit gets really bad. Oh, God. <laughs> While fighting the slimes, our hero and his mother are doused with slime. Uh, and that slime from the slimes has a corrosive property that only affects fabric, because why wouldn't it? And literally the second a slime appeared on screen, I uttered the words, oh dear God, no, please stop. Yeah, it's, yeah. like, it's, it, continue. Yeah, <laughs> noticing what is going on, Masato lunges to cover his rapidly nudifying mother, only to slip and land on top of her, specifically her giant bosoms, both completely naked at this point. Tripping is funny. Yay, ha, 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 we get it. He falls several more times, further entangling with his own mother, again, butt naked. Like, it was a lie. It was a it was, lie. It wasn't once. It was like, oops, I fell over. Oops, I fell over again. It was the first time, and then the second time for the haha. it's funny, it happened twice, and then it kept happening. Yeah. For an uncomfortably long amount of time. Well, actually, I think this is a good point for my side note on this section, which is that, like, it is important to note at this point in the story that in the available versions of this show, it is censored with light bars, which I have never been more thankful for, I think. Mm -hmm. I don't think I want to see these scenes, but I did learn at a certain point throughout this journey that there is a Blu-ray version where there are not those lines. If I ever find out that you own the Blu-ray version of this, I do. We're not. never talking again. <laughs> uh, but like, that's oh, yeah. That's that means that there is a market for people who buy those Blu-rays. Yeah. Um, anyway, they defeat the slimes. Uh, Shira Rase has died again. Uh, has died and is in a coffin. Wise revives her and reveals that she's in fact Shirase. We're all shocked by that. Um, and she gives them a new quest. Um, I, however, am now dead inside and wish to hide <laughs> inside of a coffin for the rest of my probably short life. Um, and it was during this episode that we officially declared this show as an entry into the anime was a mistake category. Yeah, like at first it was just going to be haha Mother's Day. Funny. Yeah, it was supposed to be stupid. As mom in the title. Twenty minutes in and out. It's no. The, it's the it's this the was the Sakai. This was the Vietnam of our podcasting <laughs> career. Like, there we would like hang out and we'd be like, we have to watch an episode and yeah. then we then we can watch your camp. <laughs> yeah, this was bad, dude. It's like we have to watch an episode and then we can watch something good. Uh -huh. All right, we continue on. Our team journeys no. to... What's episode three's name, Best Boy Dan? <sighs> Underwear is armor. Make sure it's high in defense. Otherwise, my son might die. <sighs> Our team journeys to Mamon Village. 
There, the chieftain asks for the team's help in defeating the Empress of the, of Night, who has insatiably demanding all of the attractive men. They agree. Also, remember, all the men around are sons yeah. in this game. Yeah, so that's problematic in ways. Yeah, cut to a hot spring. Oh, boy. Masato is bathing in the spring when he is unceremoniously joined by Porta Wise and, of course, his own mother, because boundaries are fun. <laughs> We learn that Wise has some relationship with the Empress of Night. Wonder what it could be. Then she accidentally flashes Masato again for reasons. Uh, Shirase shows. Also, up she kills him a bunch after that because that's the thing that happens. Yeah, people die; they turn into coffins. We we get into it. It's cute. Um, yeah. So Shirase shows up uh, to warn them about the Empress and suggests that. Uh, they take her down as she has broken too many of the rules. This prompts the Empress to show up and kill Shirase, turning her into a coffin like we just talked about. She turns into the coffin the most. That's kind of like her gag. Yeah, that's um, a dragon warrior bit. It's a thing It's cute. Happens. I yeah. like it. Um, but yeah, so uh, Wise runs off to stop the Empress alone. Uh, a naked Masato stops her, at which point uh, she reveals that the Empress of... The night is actually her mother. <gasps> oh my god, I'm so shocked! Yeah. Well, not that shocked. <laughs> when Wise's mother is teleported to the world, she decided to use the opportunity to hoard money and young hot men, which you should not think too deep into because it will just uh, burn holes into your brain. Mm-hmm. Masato can see how much this has affected Wise, even though she won't admit it to herself. Yeah. You know how when you were in D.A.R.E. in high school <laughs> and they told you that ecstasy would melt holes in your brain? That's what this anime did for me. I distinctly remember like an HBO docu-series that I watched with my parents that scared the sh- me the shit out of ecstasy. Yeah. Well, and, basically, and this and is... this show is worse. Yeah. This show has been my ecstasy. My brain is a sponge after watching this show. <laughs> um... So, next episode, episode four, kids are kids and parents are parents, but also human beings, and it takes all kinds, but they get through it together, right? Can you see it's a light novel series? Yeah, I mean, even the episode titles, man. Not as bad as, what's it called? Miss um, Kuroitsu, which had, like, story-length episodes. Oh, those titles. are great, though. Um, but, unimportant events occur, and then the fight between our heroes and the Empress of Night, a.k.a. Kazuno, a.k.a. Wise's mother, begins... Um, early in the fight, Masato realizes that Kazuno is using some sort of cheating device when she traps Masato and Wise in a white room with her. Uh, after some exposition that literally just does not matter, um, Mamako busts in and realizes that Kazuno is a mage like Wise, and then uses Deus Machina, uh, Deus Ex Machina, I mean a tool from Porta's pouch, to seal Kazuno's magic away. Defeated, Kazuno falls to the ground and is caught by Wise, Wise begs them to reconcile, and they do. Uh, they they immediately start bickering again. Shirase calls this good enough. Uh, Wise and Kazuno have grown close enough to log out. Now, Kazuno does just this. While Wise chooses to stay behind for fun and not call, not because she wants to bone Masato. I mean, totally because she wants to bone Masato. Again, I have no idea why, because this dude sucks and is bad. Uh, he probably fucks with his socks on. But Wise totally wants it um, for reasons that we quite frankly don't understand because up until this point, they have not had a single positive interaction. Yeah, that's um, true. So he's it's just like the only guy around. Exactly. He's just literally like the only Which dick Which I in think town. is like 
the fantasy, maybe? I guess, kind of. Like, that's the thing, like, with these self-insert fantasies. It's like, well, I'm the only one with a dick in 30 miles, so... Well, that's definitely the, um... No, God, we're not talking that? about World's End Harem. We're not yeah. doing it. We're just not <laughs> doing it. Anyway. For, for the record, we considered World's End Harem also as an anime. It was a mistake category. And it was just so bad we couldn't yeah. ever picture ourselves watching it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that is episode four. Do I have to read the title? Oh, you have to read the title. <laughs> this is a territory for children filled with hopes and dreams for children. That's the important part. Do you know what this show is missing? What's that, Best Boy Dan? Well, all those silly high school tropes and jokes that you don't usually get in an isekai. Was it really? No, but here we go anyway. Oh boy! <laughs> Masato decides to enroll in Lover's Lane uh, Academy, which, why in this world of moms? Where literally everything else in this world of moms is named after moms. Yeah. We get that. Uh, it is there that we meet the mage, Medi, and why her, and also her overly controlling mother, Medi Mama. Um, God, the naming. Now, uh, Best Boy Justin, you say that's her, um, like, game name. I choose to believe that's her real name. That's her real well. name? Okay, cool. All right, cool. Um, that's the world I like to live in. Um, actually, I don't like to live in this world at all. Yeah, I anyway. don't want this world to be part of my life. Uh, Medi Mama, um cannot shut up about her daughter and how she is number one in everything and uh if she's not how she makes it so uh many mama proceeds to cheat and give her daughter the upper hand by diminishing everyone through trickery and magic uh mamako joins the class in secret though i don't actually know who it is in secret from since uh everyone knows who she is um, honestly, I think it's just an excuse to put her in a schoolgirl uniform. Uh, Medi Mama tries to cheat again, but Mamako blocks her attempt with her new deus ex machina skill, Mother's Sharing. Mamako proceeds to answer all of the questions correctly, putting her in first place over Medi. This amuses Medi and enrages her mother, and thankfully that episode is now over. Yes, and now it's time to move into episode six. What a beautiful girl. Wait, not you, Mom. Don't get near me in that outfit. Oh, Stop. I really hate that I ever said that sentence out loud. Um, we then proceed to more one-sided competitions between Medi, Mama, and Mamako. First is cooking, where Medi does well with a little unscrupulous help from her mother. But obviously nothing can compare to Mamako's delicious culinary confections. Next we go to the pool, because this show is determined to hit all of the quote-unquote sexy tropes. Um, Medi Mama comes out in a scandalous bikini, but is immediately outshined by Mamako in a simple school swimsuit. Once in the pool, they are tasked with defeating sea monsters. Team Mamako comes out victorious through teamwork and the power of friendship. Meanwhile, yelling disparaging comments nets Team Medi Mama second place. Medi Mama Will Smith slaps her daughter and leaves. Get Mamako's name out your fucking mouth. Masato tries to comfort her, but she runs away. Later on, Medi is observed by Masako kicking a wall and wishing her mother would die. Now, here is a time for another side note. None of the other students in Lover's Lane Academy have faces. They just didn't draw them, and they put emojis for the faces instead in one of the more meta moments. Uh, they chalk this up to budget restrictions. Um... Yeah, it's like, it's a love it or hate it thing. It's like kind of funny, but you know, 
It's also just lazy AF. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I thought this was one of the funnier shows that the, the things that the show did. Like, when they were like, yeah, we're in beta, so they haven't finished the animation. I was like, okay, that's a pretty funny explanation for why they just didn't I suppose, though, they use that as a crutch throughout the whole show. They're like, hey, this part of the game isn't working. Can you go defeat that person? <laughs> yeah, and I, honestly, I kind of, like, out of all of the shitty storytelling elements in this show, this is the one that actually, I'm like, okay, it's funny and I'll deal with it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's that. So... We have uh, up next, students are the protagonists of a school festival, but people wearing school uniforms are included too. Um, yeah, there's a festival episode. So Team Mamako decides to do a cafe. Uh, predictably, Team Medi Mama decides to do the same in an effort to one-up the protagonist. Spoiler alert, it doesn't work. Uh, in order to attract more customers, uh, Medi Mama disrobes her teenage daughter. Uh, embarrassed by Masato seeing her naked body, uh, Medi Mama kills him. Uh, the end. He's dead and the show's over! Just kidding. Uh, he becomes a ghost and can overhear what Medi Mama starts uh, scheming right in front of his corpse. Uh, Medi Mama convinces her daughter to infiltrate Mamako's team and seduce Masato, who she just killed and is dead at the moment. Uh, and this will somehow ruin their cafe. I, I do not know. I I need so many more drugs to understand what is going on here. Yeah, this plotline <laughs> made probably the least sense to me out of uh, most of the ones we've seen in the show. Wild. Anyway, Masado revives, and Medi Mama challenges everyone to a waitress beauty contest for again reasons like why um medi beats wise in the contest but then mamako gets up on stage to encourage wise and Im immediately wins the contest by accident uh masato flees with medi before her mom can go into another rage uh medi admits that her mother's actions have caused her not to really make any friends uh our hero kindly offers to be medi's friend uh, Medi Mama sees all of this going on, flies off the handle, and attacks her daughter. Uh, Mamako steps in and stops Medi Mama. In a rage, Medi Mama admits the only reason she did everything was that so she could be regarded as the best mother around, revealing that she didn't give a good goddamn about Medi's well being. Uh, this sends Medi into a rage of her own, and she transforms into a dragon. With boobs. Booby drag. For reasons. I hate it. I hate everything about it. Like, it's so, it's so disconcerting. It's uncomfortable to look at. Like, if you watch this show, like, I don't like, watch, so watch this show. So character but... is, like, buxom. By, like, that is yeah. her character. And they incorporated her boobs and her hair as character elements to show you that this dragon was still her but it is weird it's so unsettling i do not like it like listen again not here to king shame but like booby dragons are weird yeah it's weird when dragons have boobs um anyway we're moving on to episode eight we're almost there guys hang in there uh if i say nothing it won't be heard but if i say something it'll be a critical hit it sucks being a family uh, this is a battle episode. It, we're battling. We're battling. Battle, battle, battle. Uh, Mabako uses Deus Ex Machina number three, Mother's Words, and communicates to Medi Mama 
um, what a see you next Tuesday she has been. And Medi Mama immediately realizes her mistake. Now, uh, I have a side note about this, because this happens again later in the show, and it, not only this show, but, like, I love how you'll have this villain that has been, like, adamant about their cause for years, they've killed for this belief, whatever, and then, like, the one good speech, they'll be like, oh, I was wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, that never happens anyway. Just another convenience the show has. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Medi Mama tries to apologize to her booby dragon daughter. Okay, another side note. Booby dragon still disturbs me. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. <laughs> it's like that meme. Don't worry. Booby dragon isn't real. Booby dragon can't hurt you. But booby dragon is real. Yeah. Um, yeah, anyway, she tries to apologize, but Busty Wyvern over here steals her staff and becomes even stronger. But fortunately... Mamako breaks the staff and Medi returns to being human. Uh, they make up. Medi Mama logs out. Medi stays to be the party's healer. But really, she also just wants to get with Masato, which Wise doesn't like um, because she also wants to get with Masato. And now our unbelievably inappropriate harem with a lolly and a biological mother is complete. Now, as a side note, I refuse to acknowledge Porta as being a part of this harem. And to be fair... So does Makun really. He doesn't see her as a uh, as like a sexual object ever at any point. And it, it's funny because at one point they do actually like they're like, oh yeah, you're traveling with three beautiful women, and and he's like, well yeah, you know, Porta, she's just really cute, and I love having her around because she's so nice and like she's like a younger sister. And I'm like, this is the healthiest thing that they've talked about in the whole show. Yeah. I wish the rest of the show had that respect for her. I wish it did, but it doesn't. Yeah. She definitely, they put her in a bathing suit later. They put her in a bathing suit, but at least it's not like incredibly it's, lewd. It's, yeah, but you know it's It could be worse. It could be worse. Disturbing. Everything about this show could be worse, and sometimes it just is. Um, anyway... Uh, then there's a weird gotcha game. It has no importance other than Masato, uh, Mamako gets an apron that she literally never wears ever again, and we never hear about. Um, so, hooray! Yeah. Anyway, whoa, there's a pressure plate in this place, (coughs) in a place like this. Well, I'm not stepping on it. No, I'm saying I won't. Um, spoiler, they do. Um, almost there. One more arc. Then we, then we have an OVA. Oh. God, the OVA. Uh, The party is now complete and completely bored. Mamako is so OP, there is little for the rest of the party to do. Masato finds a flyer about a dungeon uh, that, upon completion, will grant the Conqueror a single wish granted. Uh, In town, they find a mob of angry mobs, which... Moms, which is a great name for a punk band, I think. A mob of angry moms? Yeah, Yeah. I'm into it. Um... And Shirase dead in a coffin. They revive her. Uh, and she says that the dungeon is someone sabotaging the game and they should go fix it. Uh, our heroes make their way to the tower only to be greeted by Amante, uh, who is part of the anti-mother party called uh, Rebel, um, which it took me uh, until writing this to realize that it was a take on Rebel. Um, <laughs> I turned my brain off for this show. Uh, who cares? It's all terrible. Anyway, Masato decides to, uh, defeat Rebel by, uh, taking down the tower first. Unfortunately, their power, their, uh, party is not strong enough to take on all 100 floors, allegedly, which 
is not true at all. At all. In any form. Um, and is just a way to bring the story around to a point that doesn't really have a solid conclusion. Anyway. It's literally just because they realized, oh, we're only on episode nine and we need three we more. We have to, like, pat it out and, like, you know, add some more mom stuff. Yeah. Anyway, uh, they decide to form a guild. They buy a guild hall and they name it the Mommy Guild. And it is spelled capital M, lowercase O-M, capital M, lowercase Y. So, Mom my guild yep um yeah uh side note uh this whole world uh, everything is like mom named mom themed that's i think really what confuses me the most about this because like if you took the mom element out of it completely i could understand it being just like a weird etchy like you know harem fantasy like right but like who who is it? Is it just targeting people with like a mom fetish? And is that a large enough audience? I mean, it's probably a larger audience than either you or I would be comfortable with. Um, I, you know, maybe we shouldn't be asking these questions. Yeah. Anyway, while shopping for tools to repair the guild hall, Masato, Medi, and Porta run into Amante. Uh, she's not really good at uh, being the whole evil villain as she reveals that she has sent an assassin to kill Mamako. <gasps> A cliffhanger, I suppose. Yeah. Anyway, episode 10, the With Mommy Guild welcomes all. Wait, it's a bunch of uninvited guests. Um, Masato rushes home to find his mother about to be swindled by a skeezy salesman. As he appears, the salesman dashes out the window, leaving behind an orb. Uh, which turns out to be a bomb that cries like a baby because of reasons. Enter Deus Ex Machina number four, Mother's Head Pat, which Mamako uses to calm the colicky bomb, eventually disarming it, apparently. Editor Best Boy Dan here. Do not try to disarm bombs by giving them head pats. Always cut the blue wire. Anyway, Amante appears and accidentally reveals her evil plan to set off bombs placed all over the city. Then some assassins capture Masato and crew and force Mamako to do their bidding. They request some service in bed. Mm. Uh, misunderstanding that they want to have non-consensual sex with her, Mamako tucks the brutes into bed and lullabies them to sleep. And when it, they wake that up... That is a very uncomfortable scene. It really is. It is like... It is a not-veiled scenario where these, like, brutish men have captured the team at knife point and are essentially trying to have their way with the mom in front of the son. Yeah, it's a lot. But it um, turns into, like her lulling them to sleep and patting their bellies. Yeah, and when they wake up, they decide that they are going to turn over a new leaf and return to their mothers after disarming the bombs, because these guys are also sons, too. Um, and then we cut to a group bathing scene where Abante shows up, she gets mad at everyone bathing together, and then she leaves uh, to do more things that don't further the plot. And to be entirely honest with you, her being mad about all of them bathing together <laughs> is probably the thing about this show I identify with the most. Right? Like, she's the only one who has a normal reaction in this entire show. And she's like, why are you bathing together? And at this point, they're all like, yeah, we just do this. I and mean, she's like, it's not normal. Yes, in that one scenario. But she does a, a ton of other ridiculous stuff Listen, later. Japan does have... 
a much more open culture when it comes to nudity and bathing, but it is not this open. No. Mothers don't bathe in hot springs with their sons, uh, with their teenage sons and their teenage potential lovers. Ace of Diamonds will have you believe that baseball coaches bathe with their high school. That is probably more <laughs> likely than anything that, that happens. That is in this upsetting. Show. Anyway, episode eleven: the courage to accept things. A loving heart, also full body armor. Who? That's what a mother needs. Wait, armor. The next episode starts with Amante unsuccessfully setting more traps that she immediately triggers. Uh, this allows our heroes to kind of like bypass a few floors, uh, cutting through the hole that she blasted. Uh, not that they were really having any issues. Anyway, when the uh, mom, my guild, uh, next runs into Amante, they, she challenges Mamako to prove that she doesn't need a mother. Now, how would you determine this? If you said dishwashing and laundry competition, you would be right. You should also seek many years of therapy. Mamako obviously and handily beats Amante, and thus she flees again. Once the party reaches the 90th floor, they find what looks like little tiles, and they step on them, and suddenly they feel, like, refreshed, like uh, a weight has been lifted off of them. Um, they kind of progress through a few more floors, pressing the tiles as they come uh, across them. Uh, and it isn't until much later, and they are all in their underwear, that they realize that the power of the tiles was removing one item of clothing every time they stepped on them. Wild. The, yeah. Uh, somehow, somehow. The only positive of this is that we got to see Shirase in her underwear. That was it. I guess... I was really grasping at straws to find a positive at this point in my life. Anyway, uh, it's it's time for another side note. And this has to do with the band of moms that is still with them. Now, we haven't talked much about them because they have not been important to the story at all. And spoiler alert, they won't be. Yeah, um, they're really just there. They, like, killed some time in the beginning by having to go back home and do mom things. Like, make sure the laundry was out of the it's it's weird and they all are the only people in this world that are still dressed in like modern like clothing and they all look homely and it's just like this weird band of moms that are with them and i it's so confusing yeah it doesn't make any sense anyway uh masato gets embarrassed uh seeing his mom in her underwear then amante yeah shows up uh also in her underwear for reasons but also she kind of just only wears underwear anyway so yeah, like it's not that weird it's but like they just don't explain it I no don't they think. don't um Anyway, uh, she reveals that she uh, transformed all the mother's sons into monsters. Uh, she then uses uh, magic to amplify their anger and force them to attack their mothers. Uh, Medi and Wise use magic to confuse the attackers while Mamako uh, activates her latest and probably best uh, named deus ex machina at the very least. And that's full mommer uh, instead of like full armor. Uh, and then all of the moms get impenetrable armor. Um, this just allows them to defeat the monsters and return their sons back to normal. Um, they reveal that Amante's evil plan was uh, to use the tower's wish to remove all mothers from the world. Dun, dun, dun. Oh my god. Um, We're here. <laughs> yeah. Episode 12. 
Finally. I hoped against hope the wish would not be granted, but it totally was. Um, our heroes finally make it to the 100th floor, only to be unceremoniously separated. Makun is sent to a hall with dozens, if not hundreds, of fake Mamakos trying to lure him away with their siren song. Not fooled by the fakes, he continues on, quipping about how they are now doing horror and he didn't realize it was that kind of show. And they might as well break the fourth wall at this point because the plot is so sideways that who even really cares? Um... At the end of the hall, he runs into his real mom, who rescues him, then they reunite with the others, and discovering that Amante has defeated the final boss, she turns her aggression to the guild mommy. Um, he, her rejection of mothers has given her a unique disobedience skill that reflects all magic. Also, we haven't found out why Amante hates moms, and spoiler alert, we never do. Um, so get ready, folks, this is where big character growth kind of happens. Um, Amante does the whole try to persuade the good guy thing. She points out that Masato would be having a lot more fun and getting with a lot more ladies if his mom wasn't around, which is not wrong, and Masato admits that. But he also tells Amante that it doesn't matter and that he wants to keep adventuring with his mother. Amante then tries to kill them, but is stopped by the ultimate deus ex machina, Mamako's higher skilled mother says no. Um, which is literally just her mildly scolding Amante. Um, which defeats her, but does not interest her. Uh, and in a very Oolong from Dragon Ball moment, there is a rush to place the wish. But before Amante can wish away all the mothers, Masato beats her to it and wishes for eggs, foiling the foul plan. I'm super proud of that plan. I bet you are. <laughs> uh, Amante defeated flies, dropping a dark crystal on her way out shirase confirms that the crystal was used to make medi and wise's mom suck so much uh shirase also informs them because that's her job and also her name that amantes is only one of four fiends of rebel uh and that they must now go and defeat the next three our story ends with our heroes continuing questing and masato admitting that he wants his mother along for the journey which should mean they don't need to play anymore right the end I wish. Oh my god. Like, isn't the whole point for them to, like, get to a point where their relationship is good and then they can log out? Yeah, no, I guess. I don't know. We've lost the thread. <sighs> god, I hope there's not more seasons. Yeah, I hope there isn't an OVA. There is. There's We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it. Do you love your mom on the shore? That's right, best buds. This is a beach episode. Yep. This, <laughs> this show has been bad so far but this episode this is just wrong in, a, in new and exceedingly inappropriate ways so hold on to your best butt your, your, your best, best butts. butts you know what i'm keeping that it's staying i'm keeping in. it hold on to your best butts buds <laughs> not only is it oba time it's beach episode time dear god have mercy on our souls now shirase leads the team to the beach Seeing this as an opportunity, Mamako tries to get close to Masato. Characteristically, he rebuffs her. Now, you know, what have we learned uh, makes a good beach episode? Mm. Um, what must you have for it to count as a big, as a good beach episode, Best Boy Justin? Yakisoba. Uh, inner tubes. Someone staying in an inner, someone staying in the shade because they burn too much. Yeah, exactly. Watermelon smashing. Um, can can you see where this is going? Uh, trust me, it's 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 worse. Um, 
Masato goes first. He gets spun around and then attempts to follow Mamako's voice towards the watermelon. He makes contact with some melons, that is for sure. Walking face first into his uh, mom's cleave, he jumps back uh, from shock after squeezing a boob. This causes him to freak out and fling the stick he was holding deep into the ocean. Yes. Uh, Yeah. yeah. (laughs) So Mamako at this point says, Makun split my melons, at which point I become physically ill. Yeah, it's... Uh, miraculously, the stick comes flying back and smacks him in the head. When Masato awakes, it is clear he has developed amnesia. Oh no! Uh, so here, we're going to dive into another side note where this is the point of the show where uh, it leans hard into the etchy. The whole like conceit of the show has been tough since you have this you know, character who is obviously like the sex appeal of the show, but she's the mom and the only male in the show is her son so um the creator thinks you get around this by giving the son amnesia so he doesn't remember that she's his mother Mm. and then you can do the etchy things and i don't like it i don't like it at all and it is this was rough Anyway, when he awakens, Masato tries to uh, determine who everyone is and who they are to him. Rather than just say, I am your mom, because it would be a short episode, Mamako tells Masato that uh, he is the most important man to her. He mistakes this to uh, mean that they are in a relationship. Hmm. <laughs> Uh, correctly, Wise and Medi try to seduce Masato before he does something everyone will regret. Sadly, their advances are rebuffed. Uh, eventually, Masato confesses his love and goes in for the kiss with his biological mother. Um, thankfully, a giant scrape grabs her away, uh, but not before he can utter the horrifying words, I want to build a happy home with you to his mother yes at this point i am nearly comatose having vomited up my soul several minutes ago yeah i've never been so happy to see tentacles before uh the shock of this somehow snaps masato out of the fugue state that would give sigmund freud a raging hard on and grabs his mother's arm preventing her from being captured by the kraken before they are able to get away the monster switches tactics grabbing and pulling masato out to sea They fight the Kraken. Uh, Mamako easily defeats it, causing uh, Masato to fall into the water. This is where it gets, like, weirdly, like, biblical. Mm. And Mamako, like, splits the Red Sea and runs down boobs a-bouncing straight into her son's face. Um, Then they toss a tentacle on the Barbie. Um, After some laughs, the uh, tentacle that's cooking on the barbecue... uh, Pops and explodes off the grill, immediately killing Shirasei uh, and hitting everyone in the head, minus Masato, uh, giving them all amnesia. And somehow not uh, third degree face burns um, from the flying barbecue uh, squid. Anyway, uh, that thankfully is the end. Uh, The manga or light novel probably goes on because it was like 11 volumes. Um, but I don't care to know any more about it. 
Um, yeah, a domestic girlfriend was like was a trash fire for sure, but it was at least an engaging story. This is not a good story. It's real bad. There's like uh, so I wrote down all of the things I could think of that I liked about the show. Yeah. And that is, they have these cute little, like, interludes between scenes. Where yeah. they're like, Deku, Deku, Deku. They do, like, these little 8-bit kind of animations that are fun. Yeah, that are, like, con- congruous with, like, what is going on in the show. Um, Mamako's Pout is pretty solid. And Porta. I like Porta. Um, but outside of that, like, I mean, if any of you best buds are left, like, you heard the plot. It's bad. JC staff did the animation. They're not, you know, studio wit, you know, or anything like that. But this is definitely not their best work. Um, It's not a good show. Like, it's not even, like, worth watching for the memes. Um, Apparently, it's worth making a podcast for the memes. We we did it so you don't have to. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But, yeah. uh, What's your take, Best Bud? I mean, I guess... My, my taste my take on this is like the same question we started with who is this show for and I literally do not know like it's so bad in every way like a lot of times when people critique weird stuff from Japan they fall into this trap of engaging in cultural relativism which is basically like making fun of stuff that's different from your own culture without considering why it exists in its own culture um, and trust me when I tell you that this is not that like this show seems to be consciously engaging in as much degeneracy as it can get away with on purpose. Like, the show is bad, and the OVA in particular is completely irredeemable. It's <laughs> so bad. It has no positive qualities. It's just trash. It's literally just trash. Um, but, like, not only is the show pure degeneracy dialed up to 11, it's also poorly written. Yeah. Like, full of plot holes full of boring tropes and just generally uninteresting. So like, that's one of the things that bugs me the most, right? Is like, you can't get engaged in the story because anytime they raise the stakes, like Mamako just has some skill that immediately solves everything. Yeah. It's just bad. And like every character with the exception of Porta and Shirase completely sucks. And it's just a walking pile of overdone tropes. And like, it sounds like I'm being harsh, but watching this show was like pulling teeth in a way that Domestic Girlfriend never was. So like, at least that show was well-written trash. And this show, it's just a dumpster fire. Yeah, like, I remember, like, even when we watched Domestic Girlfriend, like, people would come in and watch it and could immediately get into it in like a funny, like, ha-ha, this is clearly, like, trash sort of thing. Like... Best Boy Jamie watched parts of this show with us. And, like, this is not... Like, Domestic Girlfriend is not in his wheelhouse at all. There is not a single person, I think, that would sit down and watch this show. No. I, like, I, I can't... I know. If I can't think of anyone I know who would say, like, yeah, I really liked this like, show. I, I, like, I am probably the most likely person to watch a show this degenerate. But it's just, like... If, I have my limits, and this is just not good content. So, like, I, I'm sorry to all of the people who worked very hard on this, and, you know, uh, you have to admit it's not a good show. It's really bad. It's poorly written. Like, it doesn't make any sense. The plot holes are just 
they, they're nonstop, just best, like best bud Carlos. Who, yeah, I, I think this is a good time at the end of the show in best buds in best boys lore to introduce best boy Carlos, who is just making all the noise. Who is making all the noise? He hates and this I, show too. And listen, I don't. I'm not going to cut it out because I want to tell everyone about best boy Carlos, who is uh, best person cat's uh, dog. Uh, who is the sweetest boy and 13 years old and sleeps under the table while we podcast. Yeah, but even he couldn't stay asleep for the entirety of the dumpster fire. That is, do you love your mother and her two-hit multi-target attacks? He howled in pain. He did. Um, The show was bad. If If you like this show... I simultaneously want to know why, but also never want to hear from you. <laughs> yeah. You know what? This is just one of those situations where it's just like, I, uh, I, where I am standing on who is this show for is, you know, some questions are better left unanswered. Yeah. So this is our second entry into the canon of anime was a mistake. It is. It is, <laughs> it is similar and yet entirely different from Domestic Girlfriend in ways that I'm not interested in exploring. I, I can assure you whatever our next entry in this series is, is going to be something more entertaining than this at the very least i hope so but let us know what you think best buds have you watched this show did you see the raging dumpster fire train wreck that is do you love your mother and her two hit multi-target attacks let us know hit us up on twitter and instagram at best boys underscore pod or send us an email at the best boys pod at gmail.com we would love to hear from you because goddamn, do i not have any more answers yeah um but yeah, um, I think the only thing to say at the end of this is, may God have mercy on your souls. <laughs> yeah, and also don't get don't get in a hot spring with your mom. That's weird. Yes, agreed. Bye. Bye. Bye.